I'm your host, Lee W. Johnson, and welcome to my podcast, where I talk about all things related to magic, witchcraft, demonolatry, and a whole load of other related things. If you would like to find out more about me, get in touch with me, or hire me for a service, please go to my website, leewjohnson.com, or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. Okay, let's talk about daily practice. Now, first of all, why is daily practice important? Um, Any kind of spiritual or magical practice, lifestyle, uh, is kind of like exercising a muscle. And if we don't exercise the muscle, we kind of get weak. And it's very much the same thing here. If you are not doing a daily practice of some kind, some kind of energy work or meditation or, you know, anything which fits into training yourself uh, as a spiritual person or as a magician, um, whatever that may be or look like, um, then when you get to doing the actual work, the actual magical practice going into ritual or rite, you're going to find it's not as beneficial, um, the effects are not as good, you are not as strong as you could be. And that's why we we should be doing a magical practice. And this magical practice or daily, daily spiritual practice um, is really exercising. Uh, as you would go to gym to exercise your body, you simply do a daily practice which exercises your spiritual body um, and your spiritual mind. Now, when it comes to a daily practice, there are probably going to be times where you just do not feel like doing it at all. Um, you may choose to get up earlier to do your daily practice and there's just going to be moments where you just want to sleep in and you just want to give up and not just not do it at all and it's exactly the same i mean exactly the same with doing exercise going for a walk jogging every day going to gym every day there's going to be moments where you just don't feel like putting your shoes on and getting out there but what we do is we either allow that to um, or allow ourselves to go through that or we force ourselves and there's benefits and disadvantages to either of these if you just allow yourself to go with the flow allow yourself to go with it as i said there's going to be moments you may be feeling low energetically even though you've been doing a practice Um, You may be feeling depressed, you may be feeling um, like it's just not worth it anymore. And that's fine. Don't beat yourself up about it, first of all. Uh, We all go through it um, over and over and over again. And the thing to remember is that it doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that you're human. And there's nothing wrong with being human, after all. Some humans, maybe, but majority or the people that watch this channel, you're all good humans. 
So allow yourself to realize that you're just going through this process. You're just going through this downtime and you either go with it and just not do the practice and then pick it up again later or you can force yourself to do it. And I think that the forcing yourself to do it is probably better because if you are going through a period where you are low on energy or you are feeling depressed, even though you don't want to do it, just, you know, even if you don't do your, your whole daily practice, just do something, even if it's just five or 10 minutes, just each day, this creates a sense of accomplishment, um, even if you're not feeling it at the time. Um, but just a small accomplishment can make a huge, huge difference. And that will allow you to get out of that depression or out of that low energy, whatever it may be, a lot quicker. So, you know, you, you, you might want to sleep in, allow yourself to sleep in every now and again. You know, don't beat yourself up about it. Doesn't mean you failed. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong. It just means that you're just going through a process, that's all. So an actual daily practice, what does that look like? That's going to look different for each person. Uh, it's going to depend on your availability, um, what uh, your day basically looks like. There are some people who just find it impossible to squeeze five minutes in. Um, and, you know, we, we often see, you know, get up 15 minutes early or, you know, just switch the TV off for 15 minutes or something like that. Um, yes, the majority of the cases we can say that, you know, just there is, there is five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, somewhere in your day that you can find to do some kind of practice. Um, there are some people who are, however, that uh, just cannot. Um, I did um, speak to somebody quite some time back actually, who was trying to create a daily meditation practice. And um, I asked him to tell me what his day looked like. <laughs> it was really, I mean, he was only getting like four or five hours sleep and then he'd get up, he'd uh, get breakfast, you get ready, you go to work, you come home, he would have to take care of something or other, uh, which was important. It's not something he could stop, he could drop. Um, and then when he was finished, he went to bed and got another four or five hours sleep. So to try and find time in a schedule like that, it was practically impossible. Um, I did suggest that during lunchtime, he just take five or 10 minutes and just sit silent, silently and meditate in, in that time. So there probably is 10 minutes you can find somewhere in, in, the, in your 24 hour day um, that you can find to actually do some kind of daily practice. Now, what do we want to do in this daily practice? That again depends on you, depends on what system you're working with, what you're trying to accomplish in your daily life, your, your, your normal mundane life, and together with your spiritual life, with your magical life. Um, so I'm going to give you some examples. I've been practicing or, or testing different um, daily techniques for years now, or daily practices. And um, I think I've found one, it definitely works for me, let's put it that way. It's probably not gonna work for everybody because it, it does take, um, I mean, I, I get up at 4 a.m. 
Um, and again, I'm going to say there are times when I do not do this. I sleep in. I just have a week or something where I just, I just can't do it. I just can't get up. And I notice, I absolutely notice the difference. If I do not do my daily practice, I am grumpy. I am just horrible during the day. Um, I don't get as much accomplished. I don't have the same drive. I don't have the same motivation. Um, so I do know that if I don't do my daily practice, I'm just going to be useless. Um, so I do, you know, during those times when I just do not feel like it, I do try and force myself to get up at 4am and do what I'm supposed to do. Um, so I'll get up at 4am. Uh, I will not switch my computer on. I found that if I switch my computer on, I end up scrolling through Facebook and then an hour's gone by and I've missed a whole section of, of my daily practice. So I'll get up, I will not switch the computer on. I will grab a cup of coffee. I am a coffee addict. Uh, I'll grab my cup of coffee and I'll read a book for half an hour. Then I will go and brush my teeth and take a shower. Now, the reason for that specifically um, is not just to cleanse. Um, there's some very specific things about brushing your teeth in Ayurvedic practice. And if we go into Hindu and Ayurvedic practices, um, a morning shower is part of a normal daily routine or, or a daily bath, a morning bath. Um, the reason for this is that the between 4 and 6 a.m., um, we are active in the sattvic energy. And the sattvic energy is very much connected with spirituality with with um it's very calm um it is very beneficial for us um so this is a perfect time between 4 a.m and 6 a.m um to do meditation practice to do spiritual practices and the reason for the for the shower that i take in the morning is that water is a good conduct conductor of energy and so I use that water um, to kind of allow that satwick energy to flow over me, um, to take it in, to cleanse me. So I'm not just washing uh, with, with soap and what, I don't have much hair, so I don't really wash my hair. Um, I don't really just wash with the soap to, you know, just have a normal shower. I also wash with the satwick sat sat energy. Um, getting very muddled lately. I think I've lost, keep losing my words. Um, so it's a very cleansing shower. Wash off, wash off all of that energetic negativity as well. Um, then after the shower, I'll then go and do um, meditation and mantra. Um, that specifically does change um, over periods. I may be working with a different spirit or a different deity at a particular time on some things. So I'll sit down and I'll do a mala of, um, uh, of chanting mantra for that specific spirit deity. Um, and then I'll take the rest of the time. So that's, that's about 20 to 30 minutes. Um, I'll take the rest of the time just to do some silent meditation. And then I will, what, what it was previously, um, I've changed it recently, but what it was previously, I'll then do um, Qigong for about 20 minutes and then I start my day. Um, what I'm doing now 
is I've been wanting to work on dream work, specifically lucid dreaming again and different techniques. So what I'm doing now after my meditation, I'll then go back to bed for an hour and a half and um, do dream work. And there's a very good, um, well, it's a very good technique. Um, so what happens is you, 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 you wake yourself up, you stay awake uh, long enough to actually sort of wake yourself up, but not completely. Um, and it's usually like half an hour. Um, mine is obviously a bit longer. Um, and then you go back to bed and you um, set the alarm clock for two hours. And then you get up again and you, you do that again. But also um, doing this early morning uh, at sunrise or just before sunrise. Um, I am going, well, I am in summer now, so my sunrise is a bit early. Um, but usually it's round about this time. Um, but just before sunrise is a great time for dreaming. So instead of continuing your sleep through, you know, one big block of sleep of, of seven hours or eight hours um, and still being in a sort of a deep sleep uh, state when you are trying to dream in the early mornings, you wake yourself up and then you go back to bed and you don't go into a deep sleep, you go into a light sleep. And this is brilliant for lucid dreaming. So I'll do that, I'll do my meditation and then I'll go back to bed for an hour and a half and I'll work on my, my dreaming. And then I'll get up and have breakfast and start my day. Um, so that's about, uh, I get up at seven then and that's it, I've already brushed my teeth, I've already had my shower. Um, so I don't need to go do those. And yeah, so I just start my day, have my breakfast and wash the dishes. So I start my day around about 8, 8 a.m., uh, my work day itself. And yes, that's it. Um, then that's the morning practice anyway. So the evening practice I find has become a bit more difficult. Um, I have a few things that I do during the evenings that are, that are necessary. Um, on different days um, so it becomes a bit irregular but what I do try and do is um, at least try and do half an hour of silent meditation if there's not spe any specific um, magical work that I want to do um, if there is specific magical work that I want to do then I'll do that obviously so that's about half an hour to an hour uh, probably in the evenings um, and I try usually try to do that around about 8 a.m. Oh, sorry, 8 p.m. But that does, as I said, it alters, it differs. Uh, for instance, we, we do the blackout chat on a Friday evening. Well, evening for me, it starts at 7 p.m. Uh, to around about 9 p.m. So, you know, that kind of cuts into the uh, practice time. Um, so there are specific things which do force that to alternate to differ but I do try and do some kind of evening practice and then I'll go back to bed at 10 p.m. Um, there is a reason for the 10 p.m. if you do have a look into Ayurvedic practices um, 10 p.m. is the time you should go to bed just before then because when after 10 p.m. We, we go we start going into the energy which is very active and therefore our minds start to become active again. So it's best to go to bed just before 10 p.m. and get yourself into sleep and then you'll sleep right through that. Um, 
so you know it's working with the energy which is present around and um, you know uh, working with the energy so that we we can flow with it better um, I am trying to get back the Qigong practice because I find that is very beneficial for me um, just to keep my, my energy balanced and moving properly um, so I'm going to start incorporating that probably midday it's about a 20 minute practice so it doesn't take much so I'll probably do that um, just before lunch and then I'll go and have lunch um, and again my lunch because I follow a loose Ayurvedic practice here um, it is very loose but uh, I do find that it's it helps me with my digestion and, and such things um, so my lunch is just after 12 p.m. and again that's working with the actual energies um, to allow the digestive system to actually work properly uh, so lunchtime is my biggest meal of the day and then supper I'll have just something light and it really has helped uh, with with digestion uh, and I'm losing weight so wow okay <laughs> all right so that is daily practices and I do encourage everybody to have a daily practice um, even if it's just something simple even if it is just 10 or 15 minutes a day um, you don't need to do hours and hours uh, like I try and do um, but you know that fits in with my lifestyle and the things that I do um, like I mean I teach spiritual practices um, so you know I've got to keep up with that as well um, so try and fit something in and the longer you can do it the more you can do the better the more benefit you're going to find um, but you know it doesn't need to be an hour or two hours long it can be 10 or 15 minutes as long as it's something just to keep the muscle exercised um, and then when you do your magical practice you'll definitely see the benefits um, you'll definitely see the improvements so uh, yeah hope that helps It's Ask Lee Wednesday. Right, so as always, just in case this is the first time you're watching this, um, what you want to do if you have a question that you want me to answer on this segment, then simply leave it in the comments below uh, to any one of these Ask Lee videos and I'll pick it up. All right, so today's question is from, let me just turn this this way so that I can read it like an old person. Uh, John Hero, um, thanks for the veg. This is a Ask Me question. What's your opinion on performing demonic magic in a house with a toddler in it? Side effects, beneficial effects, precautions, etc. My living room is the place where I can have privacy. Thanks. Okay. All right. I did speak about doing um, magic uh, with children in the house uh, in a previous video but it was a while back and I think it's a very important topic so we should speak about it again um, and you did mention specifically demonic magic I don't think there's really any difference if you're doing demonic magic or any other form of magic uh, if you're calling demons or gods or any kind of spirits the same things apply 
Um, what you're going to be looking at is protection, cleansing, and discernment. Those are probably the most important things. And the main reason for this is that it doesn't matter what you're doing, if you are doing magic, especially if you are contacting spirits and speaking to spirits, you are going to be attracting astral parasites. Uh, as soon as you switch that magic switch on, you switch the light on and the moths come and the moths being the astral parasites. So when you are doing this type of work, discernment is incredibly important. Um, whether you have a toddler in the house or not um, because you don't want to be speaking to something which is not the spirit that you've intended to speak to and they can be very tricky so you have to make sure your discernment is top-notch not to scratch um, and of course you know remote work in a magical life uh, you want to go you, you want to be constantly doing protection and cleansing work um, just generally cleansing work is important because we pick up negative sludge throughout the day, every day, um, and we want to just clean that off to make sure that we are nice and clean. Um, now concerning a toddler, um, previously what I spoke about mostly was um, children who can express themselves really. Uh, when it comes to toddlers it's a little more difficult, um, you know, to say there's something scary um, is a bit more difficult for a toddler than it is for, say, a 10 year old. And um, therefore, it becomes important to try and create um, an understanding of what your toddler is going through. Because if they do see something scary, they're going to want to communicate it, they're going to communicate in a particular way, which parents often understand. Um, they often, you know, they know their, their child well enough to understand that when they say X, Y, and Z, this is what they mean. Um, but, you know, in a lot of cases, parents just kind of brush off these things as being nightmares or things like that. In our case, that's usually not, not true uh, because we are working with these things, therefore we understand them better. You know, the, the the monsters under the bed or the bumps in the cupboard or things like that and um, you know when when my daughter was growing up there were, were times when she had a ghost in her room that kept knocking on the uh, cupboard and she knew it was a ghost uh, because you know I was quite open with with all of this stuff uh, she knew it was a ghost but it was it was scaring her because she didn't like these knocks. It was, you know, every time it knocked, it, it gave her a fright. So I went into the room, I sat down, I said, it, it knocked, and I said to the spirit, look, you're scaring my daughter, I don't appreciate it. You can move around the house if you want to, as long as you're not going to scare my daughter. That's fine. If you're going to do that, then you can bugger off. We don't want you around. Um, so, you know, it's, I think a lot of people even witches, uh, even people who, who are, are in the magical life and everything else, they have a spirit in the house and they can't identify it, therefore it's something strange and they want to get rid of it and you know banish it and it's therefore evil. Uh, that comes from a Christian worldview, Christian mindset. Um, we need to obviously discern what this spirit is 
they're not all spirits, uh, ghosts, or disembodied entities, or spirits that are there. Um, they're not always bad. Sometimes they're there to actually protect the, the, the space, the house itself. It may be actually be a house ghost. Um, so to banish it and get rid of it and just immediately think there's evil is not a good thing. Um, but, you know, there were quite a few, few situations with my daughter. I was working um, with Papa Legba at one stage and I did a... I was doing some some working and you know she was about 12 at the time and Papa Legba came strolling through the house stopped at her room looked in on her to make sure she was okay and then just carried on um, and my daughter kind of like wasn't expecting that um, so it did give her a bit of a fright again but she felt that it was a kind spirit and you know it didn't terrify or anything like that but it's because she was raised uh, knowing that these things are happening um, and it all being explained to her and when she did have something happen to her I, I sat her down and I explained um, the possibilities uh, what it could be um, I didn't immediately dismiss it um, so I think it is important to obviously if we're going to be working these type of things to not um, keep our children away from it to try and protect them it's more of a protection to actually explain it to them um, so that they understand it better again for a toddler that's not easy at all i know um, so what you can do is um, put up protection put up wards and when i'm talking about that i don't mean just you know in your magical space that you're working in because all that's doing is protecting one little part of the house. So you're protecting your space where you're working, but the rest of the house has no walls. Um, and your toddler might be sleeping in another room. So all of these astral parasites are going to be attracted to the space that you're working in, but they've got to go through that space in, in order to get there. So the best thing to do is to ward the entire house, the entire property. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Um, but make sure that those wards are installed and they are maintained. Um, and then obviously cleansing work is important. Um, no matter what you do, something's going to get through, you're going to have negative energy somewhere. You just do cleansings on a regular basis. Um, and again, as I said, discernment. Uh, when you do work with a, with a demon or any other kind of spirit, make sure that what you are what you get is what you call um, so you know test it uh, if it doesn't like being tested then it's not the spirit you wanted to work with it's not a divine intelligence um, a divine intelligence will actually expect you to test it um, because it wants to make sure that you're actually doing things properly so test it um, if it's not the spirit that you called then banish it and um, really as simple as that um, disadvantages advantages benefits things like that your child will be raised with the understanding that these things are quite real uh, they are not fairy tales they are not just nightmares they will be raised in a way um, which will 
allow them to better understand things and allow them to better deal with them um, on their own. Um, it won't be a case of you, the child sees a spirit, a ghost every single night and it's brushed aside as just being a nightmare. The child will understand what it is, will be able to um, get a good understanding or will get, get a good knowledge and abilities to actually discern what these things are themselves from a very early age and they can grow on that um, over time. Um, so I think it's a very good thing to keep them in the loop um, from as early as possible. Um, and again, coming back to toddlers, it's not easy. Um, you know, even if a toddler sees a scary thing um, in their dream or in their room, it's a scary thing. You know, it's something that they feel shouldn't be there. And because it's something that shouldn't be there, it just suddenly pops up. Um, it's not mum or dad, or it's not um, a pet, or it's not one of their favourite toys. Then it's going to scare them, and that fear is obviously going to create worry. And so, you know, it's important to listen to them, um, to understand that this thing is quite real. Uh, it's definitely not the imagination, it is very, very real. Um, and to try and help them through understanding what it is and what to do. Um, you know, if it is a spirit that's scaring them, whether it's beneficial, whether it's, you know, malevolent or benevolent, uh, it doesn't matter, it's scaring them. So either that spirit comes back at a later stage when they're ready for it, or it changes its appearance um, and it becomes something which is less scary, something which um, the child can interact with. Um, again, you know, um, we have to be careful of astral parasites here, obviously. So a good idea here, if your child does, does start interacting with the spirit, is to work with that spirit also and discern that it is not an astral parasite and that it is actually a spirit, a god, a goddess, a demon, an angel, whatever it is, which is considered to be a divine intelligence, is there to help them, to guide them, protect, to protect them. Um, make sure that what your child is interacting with is for their, their best benefit and not for, um, not there to actually harm them or, or do anything uh, which is detrimental to them. Um, so working with your child on those things, again, very important um, and will help them and guide them and aid them through their own uh, process. And at a later stage, you know, they may grow up to be teens and they're not interested anymore and that's fine, you know. Um, they still have that experience, they still have that knowledge, so if they come back to it again later, they can pick up from where they left off. If you are if you, if you are doing as you said um, demonic magic in your lounge, then don't just protect the lounge, protect the entire property, uh, the entire house, um, so that anything that does come through is what you want to come through and not, not natural parasite or something which is detrimental. Um, yeah, and that's really it I think. Okay. So I hope you have a good one. I hope that answers the question. 
And as I said, if you've got any questions, just leave them in the comments below and I'll add them to this segment, the Ask Lee segment, and answer them here. Okay, so have a good one and cheers. Bye-bye. This podcast was brought to you by, well, myself, Lee W. Johnson. To find out more about me, please visit my website at leewjohnson.com or check out my link tree in the description of this podcast. If you like the video format, then subscribe to my YouTube channel, where I also host a live show every Friday with Rev Kai called The Black Hat Chat. It's just two witches chatting about traditional witchcraft and other topics. That's me for this week. Hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening.